Therapy with my mom is intended for educational purposes only. Everything discussed on Therapy with my mom is not to be taken as a medical recommendation, but rather as personal and professional opinion. This podcast is not meant to represent or replace psychotherapy services. If you are in need of emotional assistance, please seek out a local mental health professional that can cater to your individual needs. Welcome to Therapy with My Mom, a podcast hosted by a mother and son who love each other very much. Aw, hi, I'm Julie Barkowskis. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, a certified addictions counselor, as well as a somatic experiencing practitioner. I've been providing therapy on an outpatient basis in my private practice for over 20 years. I'm Ryan Barkowskis, her son and a millennial that was graced with having two parents who are both social workers. This podcast is here to educate our listeners on the various aspects surrounding mental health. Our guests will include individuals who are going to share personal stories on mental health struggles, as well as professionals who can shed light on the array of therapeutic approaches. We hope you enjoy the journey with us. Welcome to our show. So, hey, Ryan, how are you doing today? Hey, Mom, I'm pretty good. Um, just woke up. You got me on an early podcast here, so I've made some tea. And I have a cup that says joy because that's what uh-huh. I bring to the table. That's mm-hmm. the cup that I gave you yep. for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, it is. I yeah, brought it back out yeah. for today. Well, how nice. Nice, mm-hmm. yeah. I've been actually on that subject. I had a friend mention something to me about... Um, uh, whatever decision I make, and I think this might actually tie into our topic today on yeah. acceptance and commitment therapy, uh, whatever I make decisions about, uh, think about the question, uh, does this bring me joy? Mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting uh, question to ask you yeah. know, when we're making decisions. I've been, yeah, in my own therapy, yeah. I've been kind of challenged with that. Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah what is this going to bring you happiness? And I think I can safely say that our episode today will probably bring me a little bit of happiness. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm excited to uh, introduce our guest here today. Uh, It's uh, DJ Morin. And uh, did I say your last name right, DJ? You said it like you're from Ireland, and that's how my ancestors say it, but uh, it's been (laughs) Americanized, and and so everybody calls me DJ Moran. 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 Oh, see, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, I maybe I have some hidden Irish in me. I don't know. I might, <laughs> might have to check. So, uh, <laughs> well, Ryan, was you're born close to St. Pat's. So, mm-hmm. you know. I'm the day before St. Patrick's Day. And that doesn't yeah. necessarily make me Irish, but. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's adjacent. everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, DJ, I was wondering if you could just let our audience know a little bit about you and uh, your profession, as well as uh, tell us a little bit about how you got into uh, working on and uh, teaching others about acceptance uh, commitment therapy, which we also call ACT. Yeah, right, right. Um, Well, I'll be happy to. So I'm DJ Moran, and uh, I am my kid's dad, Loudon and Harmony. The most important thing that I do on this planet is uh, hang out with them and uh, give them a uh, a nice, enjoyable, um, flexible, and healthy life. But what I do professionally is I work as a psychologist. I have my PhD in clinical and school psychology from Hofstra University, which is on Long Island, which is right outside New York City, where I'm from. And uh, right now I'm working as a professor. I helped found a doctoral program at Toro University. In fact, it used to be called Toro College until we founded another doctoral program. And mm-hmm. that university. So we're teaching people about evidence-based practices who want to become a psychologist, and we're teaching them about acceptance and commitment therapy and other empirically supported treatments. And what I do also professionally is I work in the area of acceptance and commitment training. What I do is I take acceptance and commitment therapy, and I make it this way. It's not just for psychological, clinically relevant concerns, but how do you use those kinds of principles and applications for leadership Mm. and for behaving more safely on the job? Uh, How do you 
use this kind of stuff to be more productive and innovative mm -hmm. at the workplace. And the way I said it, I do this, but there's a lot of colleagues and a lot of people in the act community that have inspired me to be able to do that for different organizations around the world. Wow. That's what's interesting for me to do uh, as a psychologist is no longer just um, sitting and working with people one-on-one. -on -one, and I have done that for, for many years, decades, in fact. Uh, but right now I'm working more along the lines of for organizations and, and in industry. Okay. How cool. I like that you've broadened that. And especially in like, we've seen with the pandemic, a lot of people examining their workplaces and to talk about like focusing on those relationships a little bit, what you could, what it would mean to be a leader. And I think even as an employee, like what yeah. it means to to function probably more efficiently and and with the idea of uh, of acceptance and commitment even in your work relationship. Yeah, I think what happened in 2020 almost forced everybody to go through the kinds of things that I do as a consultant. Mm -hmm. When I would ask people who are at the workplace, whether you're in leadership or an associate, like why are you doing what you're doing? Mm. And, we would do that in order to motivate people to be more values based. Like I'm going, I, I work here because I want to provide for my children and because it pays for my recreational activities. And I can take some of this money to, to tithe to my church. These are the purposes. These are the, 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 the vital reasons why I work. And so I'm going to act more safely because of those reasons. I'm going to lead in a more effective way because of those reasons. And so I used to do that as the consultant. Mm -hmm. Now, everyone was almost forced to do that. I mean, I don't mean that literally. Yeah. But in a mm -hmm. way, what happened in 2020 is people had to kind of scratch their head and go, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> why, why do I do this with my life? Mm -hmm. And right. can I continue to do the things that I care about without doing that stuff? Mm -hmm. and I think there's a portion of the population that had a fraction of their motivation to lead to that great resignation. Like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I can still do the things that I care about without doing the stuff that might be gut wrenching and soul sucking work. Yeah. And I think that's why we see a lot of people leaving the workplaces because it's not always meaningful. Mm -hmm. What I would like to do is pivot and say, you can still do really hard work, mm -hmm. contribute to the community, the things that aren't necessarily, stick with me here, that aren't necessarily making you happy in the moment and still find meaning and purpose in doing that kind of work. Because we still need to work together as a community. Right. We still need folks to do the hard work that isn't really happiness producing. But at the end of the day, you can go, I did it. Like I've yeah. made a difference in the world. You might not be able to see it because I work in chemical engineering and I work on the sewers and nobody's ever going to pat me on the back, but I contributed to the world in a way that I find mm -hmm. meaningful given my background. Mm -hmm. um, it's, not, it's not happiness producing to do chemical engineering work, but it's vital mm -hmm. and it is valuable. And you could say the same thing for people who make coffee and pick up trash and work with individuals with intellectual disabilities that live in community integrated living arrangements that you never, ever run into. They're adding to the world. You are, whoever's yeah. listening to this, you're adding to the world. Mm -hmm. You can do things that might not make you happy in the moment, but still in the long run, you're actually contributing Mm -hmm. to the world in such a way that you can feel good about it yeah and I think that's what act can do for us it's a lot about mm -hmm. assigning value is what you're saying a meaning meaning and value um and as we're talking about careers right now are you using like very similar principles when you're talking about relationships as well like would you have asked somebody in a relationship why are you here why are you in this relationship and kind of go through the same questioning yeah that's a good question ryan and i think so um I've never been a marriage and family therapist. I only mm -hmm. had one client in internship where I worked in couples counseling and they got a divorce. So I kind of said, maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> maybe the divorce was the right thing. So it doesn't exactly. Sure. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't just say an early experience is like, maybe this yeah. part isn't for me. 
Um, but I would in relationships because I do care about how individuals relate to each other, mm -hmm. whether it's an intimate partnership or a um, parenting relationship, social colleague mm -hmm. friendship. And, and I think every once in a while you do have to check in, like, what's meaningful about this? Not that this person has to add value to my life. It's not mm -hmm. what you get from. Mm -hmm. It's how can you engage in your own values? What is it about what I care about in this life mm -hmm. that I can continue to exude meaning to other people's lives? I mean, one mm -hmm. of the things that I really care about is reducing suffering and improving quality of living in this world, even if it's in only in my own community. So I keep that in the back of my mind when I'm talking about my friendships. You know, mm -hmm. when, I'm, when I'm talking about like, why am I in this relationship? It's it's to make sure other people have an enjoyable life too. It's not just what kind of fun can we have together? That can be a value and it's one I have also. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. what am I contributing to this? Yeah. Yeah. I like that, that you're not making it so transactional or what you're getting out of you know, your partner. And that's so important because yeah, it's easy to be like, I'll look at my girlfriend and be like, oh, she's good at doing these chores. And I'm, I'm looking at things that she gives me, but not things that I am bringing to the table. And she just like highlights in me or just lifts right. me up for. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's something that to, to think about in one's relationships is not what you get out of it, but mm -hmm. what you're putting into it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Am I achieving the values that I want to achieve? And what am I doing about that in relationship with this person? And yeah, how is that happening? Right. If I'm hearing that correctly. Yeah. Am yeah. I engaged in the values that make life meaningful in the moment? Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So DJ, why do you like acceptance and commitment? <laughs> why is this why is this something you're so interested in that you would try to develop a doctoral program and 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 really work with the uh with act it, it's got my first answer to this because i could go on and on about it but my first mm -hmm. answer is going to be somewhat shocking and that is because it is fundamentally scientifically and philosophically based in something that has a lot of evidence in it you know, you mm -hmm. might think, oh, well, why do you care about acceptance commitment? And then I'll talk poetically about humanistic kind of ideas. Uh, uh It's because this is an empirically supported approach to reducing suffering and improving quality of living for people. Mm. I'm not even mm. kidding a little bit. The first thing that drew me to acceptance commitment therapy was, was the fact that I was at the Association for Behavior Analysis Conference. Mm -hmm. And that is a hardcore science. It is a psychology that I would call a natural science. It's hardcore. There is no, and I'm sorry if this is a too nerdy of a term, but there's no explanatory fictions. There's no hypothetical entities to behavior analysis. We're not talking about like the id and the ego and the superego and they're somewhere in your mind. It's based on what can we observe about human behavior in the lab or just naturally and what the folks who developed acceptance commitment therapy were doing where they were using that hardcore science to talk about how do you develop a willingness to have the natural emotions that are showing up in your life mm. what can you do in your environment to arrange the contingencies or arrange how the world is going to interact with you. So this way you can continue to stick to your commitments. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what attracted me. It was, Oh, this is science-based. Despite the fact that we're talking about accepting your emotions and committing to your values, it's totally scientifically based. That's awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. The other side of it is that mm -hmm. it is poetic and it mm -hmm. is humanistic. You know, you're actually mm -hmm. saying like, yeah, I'm only going to be on the planet for a finite period of time. Yeah. Some of the stuff that gets thrown at me in this world, I got to learn how to be willing to just have it. I got to be willing and accepting of the troubles in the world out there and how I deal with it internally, mm -hmm. dealing with my own emotions, and then committing to things that, well, are important to me. And I want to make my life worthwhile and I want to make it vital. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to do this stuff, even when it's hard, even if I don't feel like it, I'm going to accept the fact that it's aversive, difficult, painful, but I'm still going to stick to it anyway. 
when you mentioned when we were talking about applying this to careers that yeah it's it's not like everything is just going to be the most fun if you like resign from one job and find another thing there's still going to be elements of work there's still going to be elements of stress and that's something i have to remind myself as i kind of pivot from job to job or do something new that i'm not excused from having a difficult time or excused from something being a hill to overcome that you know i still have to commit to the fact that i took this on and there was value when i started a project right and um and yeah and just then accepting yeah as you did kind of mentioned i think focusing on those values focusing on why you're there and why you've chosen this that makes it easier to get through something that might not be the most fun as doing something even like manual labor right i was just gonna ask this question and this is for my own clarification i do feel like you know if we are anchored in our values then and if i understood this um in my limited understanding of acceptance and commitment therapy, that it's uh, recognizing the emotions that might come and then recognizing the thoughts, being mindfully aware of those, and then going back to the root of your values so that that's your guiding force. Um, and, and at the same time, know you have thoughts and know you have feelings. But I'm just kind of curious if there's something you want to add to that uh, as it relates to how your, uh, I know mindfulness is one of the things that we're using here. Are right. there some other techniques that you would suggest that apply to this? What's cool about ACT is it's, hope you don't mind me answering the question this way. It's not just a set of techniques, right? It's a, it's a platform for using those techniques. Oh, so it's yeah. not just that there is like a, the tool of mindfulness. It's living mindfully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. book that my uh, colleague and I have coming out uh, Siri Ming and I have a book coming out called finding your why and finding your way and the whole entire the whole entire thing is based on act and we don't talk about mindfulness as if it were a tool we actually have the gall to redefine mindfulness Mm -hmm. it's thousands of years old and say it's not just about engaging in mindfulness it's about engaging in mindful action what are you going to do right here right now that's related to what's meaningful and vital to your life you're going to notice your thoughts as if they're leaves on a stream floating on by if they don't serve your values you're going to notice that you're having emotions or sensations or urges as if they're leaves on a stream floating on by, detached from you. You can observe them. They don't have to have any influence on you. And then you follow through with mindful action. You're going to be on this planet for just a short period of time. 47% of the day, your thoughts are going to be about there and then instead of here and now, according to some research. What we want you to do is, is engage in more mindful action. Can you Notice that you're getting distracted by your emotions, by your thoughts, and then bring yourself back to saying, oh, right here, right now, I can do what I care about, Mm -hmm. what's meaningful to me. So it calls on everybody to find your why. Yeah. What what do you want to be about? And then find your way. What's the way of being in order for me to go in this direction of what I care about? I like those. I like that put together. Uh, that find your why also kind of uh, reminds me of our ADHD conversation uh, of like, you know, overcoming anything that you don't want to do. You got to think about find your why. Mm. Yeah. yeah, really well said. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any other, um, I hate to say this since we're on the conversation of it being <laughs> a, 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 an experience internally and uh is there any stories or anything that we could um, offer to our listeners that might be helpful to them as, um, as I love what you're saying, but sometimes people benefit from examples. It's a nice segue mm-hmm. because the previous question was, is there anything else besides, you know, accepting your emotions and being mindful of your thoughts and figuring out what your values are and committing to doing those things. Mm-hmm. Another component to this, and that's, relating to who you are in and of yourself, your own consciousness. And that's 
that's related to everything we just talked about, but it's it's another perspective I think we can all take. Mm-hmm. And yet notice your emotions, notice that you have thoughts, find out your values, commit to doing those things. And who's doing all of that stuff? Who is noticing emotions, noticing thoughts, clarifying values, doing the behaviors? Who's doing that? You. Getting in touch with a core you. That there's something about you that's been you your whole life. Unbroken. Unchanged steadfast, strong. There's something about you. Mm-hmm. It's always been you. And that means that some of the things that you say to yourself, like I am bad, I am alcoholic, I am obsessive compulsive, I am unsafe, I'm a bad person, I'm a real piece of crud, all that I am something else, all those labels, they're something else. They are something else and they can't be you because there's something about you that's always been there. And when you label it, you're just putting words on it. Mm -hmm. It's not really you. It's just words that you've been taught to say Mm -hmm. under certain circumstances. And when you ask for a story, I mean, I thought that this was really important. I was treating somebody with significant trauma history. And just to cut right to the chase, because it's a long story, he was traumatized by abuse. And he thought it was his fault that other people were getting abused by the same abuser, same predator. And and because other people were feeling pain, he kept telling himself, I'm bad. Mm -hmm. I'm worthless. I'm guilty. Because I could have done something to help out other people. I said, what do you do with that? I try to battle it back all day, all day long. I'm beleaguered by the idea. I'm good. I'm worthwhile. I'm innocent. And all day long, it's like a war inside my head. I'm bad. I'm worthless. I'm guilty. No, I'm good. I'm worthwhile. I'm innocent. And I'm just like, there's a war inside my head. I said, let's change it. Let's kind of move away from this war scenario. Let's turn it into like a chess match. Can we do that? Like you got your white pieces over here saying, I'm bad, I'm worthless, I'm guilty. And you got your your black pieces on the other side. I'm good, I'm worthwhile, I'm innocent. And I want to know, where are you? Where are you in this chess match? And he says, I don't know. I want to be the I want to be the black king, right? I want to be, I want to be the, the most powerful and important good thought. You no know, good piece. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't know if the pieces are what we are. I don't think human beings are the pieces. I think the pieces in the way we're talking about this, there are thoughts and there are images, there are flashbacks, there are memories. It's the content of our lives. Where are you? He says, I want to be the player. I want to be the player of the black side because I want to, I want the black side to win out over the white side in this chess match. You go, I don't know if we can control them. Do you really think you can control your thoughts and your feelings and your memories? And who's in charge of the white pieces anyway? So I don't think we're the players. And we're not the pieces, but you're in this chess match. And he looked around, he's like, well, what else is left? And then it hit him. He had the insight. And he just started to cry for a few minutes. And then he looked up at me and he said, I'm the board? Yeah, what if you're the board in this chess match? What if you're where all of that stuff plays out? Your Mm -hmm. emotions, your sensations, your urges, your memories, your flashbacks, your images. You're where it plays out. And the cool thing about being the board is the board doesn't get damaged by conventional chess play. It just makes room for that stuff to be. And the chessboard doesn't control it. It doesn't say, all right, I'm going to tilt over this way to make sure all the white pieces fall off. Mm-hmm. The board just holds it. And that's that's you, client. But how about this? That's you, listener. That's you, viewer. That's you, Julian Ryan. Mm-hmm. Like, you have this perspective, like a chessboard. You are the context where 
all of your emotions and your sensations and your memories and your urges play out, but they're not you. You just have them mm -hmm. and they don't have to control you. The pawn doesn't damage the chessboard. Mm -hmm. Neither does the rook or the pawn or the queen. They just, they're there. Mm -hmm. And we get to be that steadfast and that strong like a board. We're not an eight by eight matrix. We're infinity by infinity matrix. We can hold anything that's put on us and we don't have to get damaged by it. We can't always control it, but we could let it be there. What if, what if you thought about that? What I try to teach my clients, what if you could think about your emotions and your flashbacks as if they were just something that you had? They don't control you. They don't damage you. They're there. Separate yourself and just observe it that way. Take that kind of perspective. A great metaphor. Yeah. There's something that yeah. gives me a lot of comfort about that too, having played a, a little bit of chess lately. Um, when the pieces move around, there are legal moves. There is a system to how your emotions and, you know, in this case, the, the pieces are your emotions and feelings and thoughts, how they go about interact each other. There's millions of possible ways that they can interact and, and games have never been played before. Yeah. But there is a rule to it. There is a way that they're supposed to move. And so in that way, there are patterns of our thoughts. There are, you know, you won't be surprised by something that uh, affects your board because you're like, oh, that's, I know that's how that's supposed to move. Yeah. Interesting, interesting perspective. Yeah, mm -hmm. I hadn't thought about that with that particular metaphor. That's a good way to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and 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 aren't we uh, observing our patterns as well when we notice them within ourselves? Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Yeah, really. You're so smart, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we also have a, a very a very poetic and eloquent guest right now that helps just kind of sets me up for it. That yeah, very yeah. And what a perfect chess metaphor since Ryan likes to play chess. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. cool. We'll play yeah. we'll play some time if you want to play some some chess. <laughs> <laughs> well, as as we're in this conversation, is there anything mm -hmm. else you wanted to add uh for our listeners? in regards to this understanding of ACT, and if there is anything else that uh, you want to add to about the information that you have in your new book coming out. Yeah, I think that um, we were really helped out uh, by our publisher because Siri and I, when we wrote the book, we were going to call it the Mindful Action Plan. How do you how do you use something that we call the mindful action plan? It's a very mm -hmm. codified way of looking at acceptance and commitment therapy as if it were a checklist. We're not using checklists in some inflexible way. It's just a way to help you remind yourself on how you can act flexibly. And so we created this mindful action plan. And then the publisher said, let's call it something else. Let's call it finding your why. I said, let's call it finding your why and finding your way. How do you take this mindful action plan, these steps of saying, I'm going to clarify what I care about. I'm going to learn to center myself like on that chessboard metaphor to be able to just say like, I am, I exist, right? Being able to say that and say, I am here now. Mm -hmm. And then we teach the skill of accepting, just being willing to have your emotions, your sensations and your urges. Just can you accept that? Can you notice your thoughts as if they were leaves on a stream? And I've used that metaphor a little bit earlier in this interview, uh, just in case no one's taken a, a the listener's not taking like a mindfulness 101. What we teach people in mindfulness is, is just notice your thoughts as if they were leaves on a stream. They're distant from you. You can observe them and they're just floating on by. Bring yourself back to paying attention to your breath or paying attention to how your body feels. So we're teaching people to say, I am here now, accepting what I feel, noticing my thoughts, especially the unhelpful ones as if they were leaves on a stream, while doing something that you have on your to-do list for the day, while doing this stuff, because it's related to what I care about. That, to me, I don't speak for ACT. I just speak as somebody who's been practicing it for over 20 years. So I can't say this is ACT, but the way I look at ACT is someone who is psychologically flexible, someone who is, let's just say, mentally healthy, is going to be able to say something like, I am here now, accepting the way I feel, 
noticing my thoughts while doing what I care about. Mm -hmm. I think if you can have that, not necessarily as a mantra, I don't want you just repeating that to yourself over and over, but as an implicit way of looking at the world, I am here now, accepting the way I feel, noticing my thoughts while doing these things because I care about this. I, I think you'd have a, a, a much more psychologically flexibly, mentally yeah. healthy life. Just calling yourself completely to the presence. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's mindfulness. That's, you yeah. know, acknowledging mm -hmm. everything about that. And as you yeah. brought up before, that call to action is so important because then, you know, if you perform something that is in line with your values, then there's evidence to support that you're making progress towards your values. And so it's only going to further, <laughs> further your, your efforts. Right. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. Uh, cool. What are you, what are you hoping for your book to come out? Um, it comes out in January, 2023 on new Harbinger. I think it's already on Amazon and, and uh, Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. I'm really looking forward to coming out. How nice. exciting. It sounds yeah. like a really great uh, mm -hmm. resource. And is it tended for everyone? To... Yeah, for the first yeah. time, uh, I wrote <laughs> a book that's not for us uh, nerdy psychologists um, and just <laughs> writing to my own profession. It is for folks um, who were in the population of doing something like a self-help or a workbook mm -hmm. or something along those lines. Um, we have examples on people training for the Ironman in a more effective way. Yep. What it's like um, post-divorce, trying to figure out what your life is going to be like at that point. Um, mm -hmm. How do you deal with um, children? How, like how, we talk about a case study of, uh, of parents dealing with a child who's got uh, some kind of clinically relevant childhood behavior disorder, how, how do parents deal with that kind of thing? Uh, we've actually got three or four other kind of case examples on how people can use the mindful action plan in order to be a better marathon runner, deal with post-divorce stress, how to parent in a more mindful way. So it really is a, what we call a trade book or a popular yeah. book. Yeah, yeah like uh, the different references. Yeah, right. If we had people that were otherwise interested, because I didn't, I didn't know much about, you know, act before this, um, but it's incredibly intriguing to me. And obviously hearing you talk about a lot of this so passionately is, is very, very interesting to me. And so mm -hmm. are there, like, would you recommend workshops? Like would, would the lay person go to something that almost would feel akin to a motivational event or would there be one-on-one -on -one sessions with someone who's specializing in acceptance and commitment how yeah. would you maybe see it practiced i think what you're saying ryan is a really great idea and what i would like to do mm -hmm. uh, in 2023 once the book is out is do those um popular webinars i've been doing webinars since 2008 um way before the pandemic way before people started doing that and uh, it was always for professionals. But what I'd like to do, and it seems like it's a pretty hot topic these days, is just popular. You know, mm -hmm. there are webinars out there on how do I rear a child with ADHD and um, how do I deal with um, workplace stress? And what I'd like mm -hmm. to do is um, do something where it's just webinar based and, you know, learning from not only the book, but also having mm -hmm. other ways of explaining it. Um, what's cool about ACT is it's, it's not for someone who's been diagnosed with, let's just say, a mental illness. Mm -hmm. I think it addresses the human condition. Right? Mm -hmm. You don't have to be depressed or have a diagnosis of obsessive compulsive disorder or have some kind of you know, substance abuse concern that you got to go for treatment. No, 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 not at all. I think it works on subclinical issues. It, it works on the human condition. What we're doing as ACT therapists, ACT consultants, is we're, we're taking a look at, you know, what makes, what influences human beings to do things that aren't serving their values. Mm -hmm. We all, all of us, all of us swim mm -hmm. in the same soup of getting hooked by our language. Like what goes on between our ears and behind our eyes, this mind is thinking, this describing, evaluating, and problem solving that our mind is always doing. 
It's very helpful to us as human beings. No wonder why we use this tool all the time. It's really great to think. I like thinking. It happens to have worked out pretty nice for me to be able to think about my problems and solve them that way. And if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. I'm, let's say, having the emotion of sadness. I'm going to think my way out of my sadness. You know what happens is people start to do problem solutions that end up being more of the problem. I know how I can get rid of my sadness. I can crunch some Vicodin and wash it down with scotch. Oh, look at me, I'm not sad anymore. But then you wake up with a hangover the next day and now you've got something to be sad about. Mm -hmm. that you're feeling ill, you're feeling hungover, you've got the withdrawal sim symptoms, and you're also thinking, I'm solving my problems with a substance abuse concern. You know what I'll do? I'll do what got reinforced yesterday. I'll crunch some Vicodin and wash it down with scotch again. Think about almost any clinically relevant concern, any diagnosis, and see if it isn't so that a lot of times what makes that so tenacious, what makes it stick around is how the person tries to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Just think about like just the addiction model that I just talked mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. I don't like my withdrawals. I'll drink more. I don't like feeling yucky on my hands. Mm -hmm. so I'll wash my hands again and again. And 80 times a day with bleach and Brillo pads and 140 degree Fahrenheit water. And you wash your hands so much that you start getting lesions on your hands and then you touch a doorknob, you better wash your hands now because mm -hmm. you wash so much. You've built up this kind of habit. I don't love the term. You built up this habit that this is how I'm going to get rid of my problem. I'm going to wash my hands. And next thing you know, with that kind of obsessive compulsive repertoire, you're always washing your hands. You're depressed. I don't like I don't like socializing around other people because I feel less than them. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stay under my covers at home and sleep a lot and eat a lot of junk food. And then the next time that same social group invites you to come out, you're going to feel less than even more because you just spent the last few days under the covers mm -hmm. acting in a depressed manner. And then you have you 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 engage in the, I don't I don't want to be with this social group. Mm -hmm. I'm going to mm -hmm. feel less than again. I'm going to make myself feel better. I'm going to go to sleep again. And I'm going to socially isolate because it makes me not feel as bad. And keep that up for a couple of months. You see what I'm saying here mm -hmm. is that a lot of times our mind, our languaging is such a great tool for solving problems, but not all the problems. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can also very easily be used to justify the bad behavior and the temporary fixes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's a good way to kind of summarize it. Yeah. Justifying temporary fixes. Yeah. But mm -hmm. long-term problems. Yeah. We always will justify. And, you know, and anyone who's unhappy in their career or relationship, they're looking, they're holding on to a flimsy why, probably. There's, there's something there of it's the money. I can't do this. I'll hurt their feelings or I'll go against who I thought I was a year ago when I got into this relationship. There's, you know, them compromising what they thought their values were that, yeah, maybe they're afraid to compromise the fake values and not even examining what was their original values. Mm -hmm. Right. That's uh, interesting that you brought that up. Um, it's just kind of surprisingly, that's what our first lab at Toro University is mm -hmm. studying. Oh, really? it's in your own personally clarified values and the societally conditioned values. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to say something really incendiary, really. Say it. We're, 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 <laughs> taught, we're taught family first. Uh, this is, this is going to be upsetting to, to any listeners. Mm -hmm. or viewers. We're taught family first. Family is the most important thing. Most mm -hmm. important thing is family. Not for everybody. Right. Not for everybody. And and like family first, I get it. I I get it. But there are some people who have been abused by family. There are people who, when they're with their family, they've been betrayed. 
um, they outgrew that particular setting. And that's okay. But right around Thanksgiving time, when you realize, I don't like being with these people. They insult me. They belittle me. We have a history of abuse together. And sure, they're not abusing me now. But I don't know if I want to do this with my life anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, family first. Oh, you got to always you know, stick by your family. Uh-uh. That's societal values. I get why. And there, if this is offensive to some folks, it's because maybe you have a family that's been supportive to you. Mm-hmm. But for some folks, their family wasn't necessarily that supportive to them. And when we hear that from society telling us that family first, especially under certain conditions around the holidays and stuff like that, it makes it, makes it feel really, well, let's just say bad. Right. Like I, I I don't I don't want to engage in society's expected values mm-hmm. out of me. I want to do what I want to do with my life. And I yeah, think I, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I think about the idea that sometimes people get stuck with that, right? They get stuck and then they feel like they can't make any other decisions that might be right for them or better for them. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Yeah. Like that's the rule and that's the should, and I can't break that rule, uh, like you're just talking about. So yeah. It's interesting that I um I I happened to mention something that's happening at your your university. Maybe I just felt it uh by happenstance. My girlfriend is attending Toro University right now. Uh, no way. Yeah, in in the marriage and family therapy uh course. No way. Yeah, she's online. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she... <laughs> but I was like, oh, when you mentioned Toro, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Full circle. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to see if I can encourage uh, Ryan to reevaluate his values and Mm -hmm. (laughs) decide if he wants to. I'm going to have a career in in social work is what you're saying. And where where I notice that you have some natural gifts, Mm -hmm. but we'll see how they are, you know, going to happen or how they unfold. Sure. Uh, I appreciate what you just did because <laughs> what you just modeled exactly what we're mm-hmm. trying to talk about in our lab. Right. It, it don't it, the, the better. Well, we, we're just going to explore this, but the hypothesis I'm having is that mm-hmm. you live a more psychologically flexibly healthy life if yeah. your own clarified personal values, except and not the ones that are kind of forced upon you. So I like exactly. your flexibility in yeah. the way you just talked to Ryan about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, would you say that that's how I am typically with you, my son? Yeah. Other than maybe a few times I'm like, arr, arr. Yeah. <laughs> no, you never, you never force me to do anything. You obviously, have or even when you ask on. me my opinion, I'm like, well, you know, yeah. it's really up to you. It's just funny. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> like if you're really unsure of something, I'm like, I just want somebody to tell me how it is, and, and not be like somewhere in the middle about it. Um, but we'll see. This this podcast could be documentation of my entrance into psychology. <laughs> it could be an interesting as you as you evaluate this uh, yeah. in your own life about where you're where you want to be. Mm-hmm. So, and as our listeners are hearing this too, I think uh, I thought that example you gave about when uh, COVID happened, how we um, there was a number of people who had this time to kind of reflect and look at. Mm-hmm. And start to reevaluate uh, where they're at in their life and where they want to be. Yeah, so, I yeah. did. I still am. I'm sure many people are still evaluating. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is there any other additional resources that you would suggest? Uh, I know Ryan asked a question a little bit about whether or not uh, people might seek out therapy. And I'm sure if there are people who are uh, looking into that, there are therapists, obviously, who uh, use um, act as a, a one of the modalities of them working with uh, with their clients. Uh, is there anything else that you might suggest around this subject? Um, well, I mean, if somebody is having a hard time just in general, I mean, it's a good idea for you to check out um, Psychology Today and put in your zip code and find a um, psychologist or mm-hmm. mental health practitioner or counselor mm-hmm. or licensed clinical social worker to help you out very specifically. Uh, 
given whatever it is that you're struggling with, I think that's a good idea for folks to do that. Mm -hmm. And Get Out of Your Mind and Into Your Life by Steve Hayes Mm. is a really good resource for acceptance and commitment therapy. As far as a workbook, um, self-help books, I would check out something along those lines. It's a great title. And The Liberated Mind. I'm sorry, I didn't study this uh, <laughs> as far as the bibliography of recommended reading, but Steve Hayes, <laughs> wrote, uh, Steve Hayes wrote something, uh, the, the Liberated Mind, uh, mm. and I, I would check out that as well. Mm-hmm. How to Pivot Toward What Matters, Yeah, A Liberated Mind. Yeah, yeah. A Liberated Mind, yeah. Yeah, this uh, young man here, he uh, when we do um, interviews he does this really nice job when someone's trying to figure out a title he'll go look right away online and googling help it. yeah it's, it's it's something no one's ever thought of before right. <laughs> um i appreciate all the resources and obviously your book as well is something we can look forward to can you drop the title of that one more time finding your why and finding your way amazing and who was the co-author with you on that Series, yes, Siri Ming. Awesome. Is it going to say Daniel on there, or will it say DJ? I think it'll say Daniel John, uh, Daniel J Moran. Okay. It's weird having a nickname that I go by all the time, <laughs> and then my published name is uh, Daniel J Moran. Um, of course. So I should. I, I don't think I'm going to do anything about that. <laughs> yeah. Um. It, when that happens. I think uh, my website, uh, drdjmoran.com, drdjmoran.com is probably going to have extra resources that go along with the book. Excellent. Mm. Nice. Nice. Hey, Ryan, I have uh, an idea of us um, taking that book when it comes out, buying Mm -hmm. one, and then Mm -hmm. having it as a prize for uh, our listeners. A little giveaway. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking that that might be kind of a really cool thing uh, to offer. Uh, sorry, listeners, I don't have the idea of what we would be asking. Yeah. Sorry, we'll have some condition for you to win this prize. And this also but... has the condition that you have to be able to read. So apologies to any of our <laughs> illiterate <laughs> listeners out there that can only listen <laughs> until there's uh, an audio version. Yeah, well, I, was, I think that would be kind of, yeah, maybe that's the yeah. other option. So. I'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Sure. Yeah, is there an audio yeah. version of this? Would you need I... me to read it for you and record Oh, that's so sweet. I could do that. My wow, my, my fee is very agreeable. <laughs> I appreciate your offer. I'll talk to the publisher and see what we can do about that. <laughs> Amazing. No pressure. No pressure. My girlfriend Actually, also was trained in voiceover, so you know we got we got we got, we got you know experts everywhere. That's awesome. Very well, cool. we were already commenting that uh, DJ has uh, a wonderful voice. Yeah. And that I think yeah. he, he could do a, an excellent audio book as well. So. Let me get to the point of the podcast where we compliment our guest and then we move into the final <laughs> the final question, which is, if we've warned you, uh, I'll give you a, a little advance because sometimes I feel like we catch our guests off guard with the final question. Um, okay. The final question that we ask here is, do you have a philosophy or a mantra a phrase or anything like that that is really special to you that you like sharing and i'll I'll let you think about that as i compliment you and as my mom just pointed out um dj daniel you were an exceptional guest and i think as a Mm -hmm. professor and as a speaker you really really excel because you have that presence Mm -hmm. and it's it's like in your body language in your speech and you've talked mm-hmm. about poetry and it's it's clear that you love poetry and you're you're romantic. And so every metaphor that you use is uh, it's very enticing. It's it's enjoyable just to listen to you speak. Well, thanks, yeah. Ryan. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I was in awe. I was just like, oh, I'll just sit here and listen. Mm-hmm. This is so wonderful and delightful. Oh, oh that's right. I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> <laughs> very nice to say. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank That's you. for free. That compliment is for free. Was, You're welcome. That was very nice of you. Yes. Cool. Thanks. It so, gave me time to think about my, my mantras. I have three. Excellent. Um, the one I say all the time for the specific purpose of annoying other people is metal is the only true art form. 
I'm a big metalhead, and people <laughs> who like music, they mm -hmm. usually disagree. And uh, I say it all the time just to be provocative at parties. And, sure. uh, <laughs> name name your top two or three. What, what's your your top well, metal bands? Um, my favorite now that I've been listening to a lot is a band called Baroness. Okay. There's also Kill Switch Engage. Of course, classic. But I can't, I can't, I can't it's such an easy answer is like black sabbath i mean you have sure. to, mm -hmm. have it's okay to you can respect sabbath. you can respect the classics yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Awesome. but that leads me to my next mantra and uh and it comes from slipknot and mm -hmm. uh, the, the mantra is the only way is all the way and mm. it's, uh, not necessarily perfect in respect to the acceptance commitment <laughs> therapy <laughs> because sometimes you have to accept that you're not going to go all the way but the only way is all the way is a slipknot lyric that i uh, i sometimes say under certain conditions when sure. it seems appropriate sure. but really i mean it's almost cheesy for me to bring it up now but the mantra that i teach my clients and i try to embrace myself is i am here now accepting the way i feel noticing my thoughts while doing what i care about like that really is the, yeah. the mantra that I use in order to help out other people and even help out myself. We yeah. all swim in the same soup. We can all we all struggle and we can all use help. It's an exceptional. I like that. Very, very, very practical. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This was really a lot of fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah cool. You know, you know, sometimes we're fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have those moments. Hey, I have I'm drinking out of the cup that says joy. And so I was infused with joy this morning. Yeah, a little trade uh, secret here. And I mm -hmm. think it was on another podcast is that when Ryan was really little, mm -hmm. um, he was told that he had the gift of joy. Mm -hmm. And he, every year, the preschool would continue to give him the certificate for yeah. the gift of joy yeah preschool <laughs> to fourth grade every year was the same gift they never gave me leadership they never he gave was me not courage. happy about that yeah it's always just joy i'm like great i've mastered joy what's next like, <laughs> come on i got other gifts yeah, yeah. notice me that's, that's all right awesome. i got i got the joy thing down pat yeah. Um, we're so yeah. glad you but enjoyed it, it. Speaking of that, speaking yeah. of that, it has been a complete joy. Yeah. Also, to be interacting as well as having this opportunity to talk with you, DJ, and thank you so much for taking the time for uh, us and for our listeners uh, mm -hmm. to really begin to have a greater appreciation and have to be able to apply this. Yeah. So. Yeah. It was it was a joy for me to be able to participate in this, and so thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Julie and Ryan. Thanks again. Amazing. All right. Well, Amazing you take to care. Meet you and yeah, I hope to talk to you another time. All right. Yeah. Bye now. Bye, bye DJ. Bye. Well, that was just phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. It felt like a little workshop that we had. Like I was asking him about, you know, lectures and workshops. Um, and when I complimented him, definitely he's a professor. <laughs> like I know yeah, he, he, yeah. he holds I'm, himself well. Well, I was just captivated. Mm -hmm. I mean, and like I said, sometimes I get you get lost in the information. I'm sitting here kind of internalizing mm -hmm. that and processing it. And then I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> I have to, I have to. So did you have much experience <laughs> or knowledge about uh, acceptance and commitment therapy before this? You, you know what's interesting is that I, I never had that formal training mm -hmm. but it's just interesting how um the pieces of that have been in conversations that i've had with people i just don't know if i fully integrated it this was interesting and just the again the wording of it and how again it, it speaks to different people i think uh it could really like he just said it could apply to everybody yeah and it doesn't have to be just because someone's in therapy. It could just be because it's just our human condition and we're all working on how to stay in the here and now and how to yeah. stay, you know, work with our within our values. Yeah, especially that mantra. It just feels like a practical guide to mindfulness. Like it mm -hmm. feels like that phrase um, talking about I'm here, you know, finding the why, doing the thing that assigns to your value. It just helps you check in and realize what you're doing 
makes sense. And mm-hmm. yeah, it feels like it can apply to anything. You know, this is something that you could probably use in your practice. And, and this right. is just a, this is just a technique. It's just one yeah. of many things that helps you have that additional perspective. Well, it's interesting because in his mind, it's it's really a lifestyle. It's mm-hmm. really uh, a way of living. And it's more than just a technique. Mm-hmm. And I think the idea of being solid and rooted and grounded in your values and and having that very much the core of your being, um, I think, plays an important role. Uh, mm-hmm. Where sometimes we're not doing, you know, we're reacting emotionally or yeah. we have thoughts that don't match our values. Yeah. 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 So. That's so important. I mean, we use this this great metaphor of like being the chessboard. And when he talked about like just, you know, rooting yourself in your values before. I'm sure there's points in my life, some things that I know my values very strongly Um when it comes to like my relationships, interpersonal things. And then sometimes I struggle with my values when it comes to professional or, you know, some other just desire of mine. And in the ones that I can be proud of myself for knowing my relational values of like, I like this kind of person who is emotionally supportive and I hold myself in a similar way when I talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. It allows me to just be that board that is unaffected by the pieces that are being moved around because I know myself pretty well emotionally. Like maybe I don't know exactly what I want, but I do know how I will re- re- react to things and how I mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. soothe myself about knowing what my best intentions were. And so if I come to a situation where then, you know, someone is upset with me lobbing something at me accusing me i can let it wash over me because i'm like well i'm i pretty much know who i am and know why i said the thing i said and it was with love and that's just you're you're not gonna stick that with me whatever you're dealing with i appreciate your uh, your own experiences here and Mm -hmm. having your awareness right Mm -hmm. of uh I know I and I guess in this sense, if we were talking about this, you do know that it's uh, your your worth is in a certain place and mm-hmm. that the negativity coming towards you sure. in that here and now is not necessarily yours, but it's someone else's. Sure. Um, yeah, obviously, in this example, I'm, I'm saying that yeah. there's like a specific negative force coming towards you and how. Yeah. yeah. How I might like you. And that. you're rooted in knowing. See, mm-hmm. there's that. That's the that's the who I, I know who I am. And that doesn't change who, what I'm going to ultimately believe about myself. Because yep. I know that I know that to be mm-hmm. also my truth. Yeah. So, well, it's just uh, lovely. So lovely. <laughs> and uh, I just hope that our listeners uh, would offer some even some questions around this subject matter. I, yeah. I think it's really awesome. And uh, I uh, I'm not sure um, as you were talking a little bit about the schooling. This mm-hmm. school is then out. Uh, what? Where is this school located? If, I think uh, it's in New York. I'm pretty sure it's uh, okay. East Side because that's where he's from. But then uh, Larissa's attending remotely. Well, that is awesome that this these connections were being made even in this area. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, very that's cool. cool. I have to yeah. ask her about you know making sure her grades stay stay up. Um. <laughs> Just or, she doesn't or, need or any also, help with that <laughs> or also for her to be curious about this class sure. and uh, checking that out, cool. out as well yeah. yeah so anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up um i don't know just that i'm grateful <laughs> just that um when i am here it helps me be present and it is in line with my values of taking care of and loving the family that is very important to me and giving back to a community that I care about. So, yeah. Yeah. so this podcast continues those values for me. Wonderful. Yeah. And I would definitely say this matches uh, tremendously to my value, which is about uh, the importance for uh, myself mm-hmm. and to help others uh, in terms of learning and growing. I just, I'm, I just, that's always been one of my high values. 
is yeah. that I just want to continually learn and grow. Yeah. And I'm just really grateful and excited that we can offer that as as we talk about meaning that then that also is then being offered to our audience here yeah so. yeah if we could give our audience homework um i'm curious what a lot of people's strongest value is it could be one word it could be family it could be mm-hmm. health um but let us know like what what is it that is most important to you and, and start that practice start thinking about those values those roots Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how you're living your life. Is it lived based on thoughts and emotions or is it based on you having that rooted mm-hmm. uh, understanding mm-hmm. and then uh, taking action based on those, your values, not on not on your thoughts and your feelings. Exactly. That's exactly so. what he said. Yeah. Exactly. Well put. Exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. And uh, until next time. Talk to you guys soon. Take care, everyone. (gasps) Bye. Thanks for listening to Therapy with My Mom. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can best support us by reviewing and downloading the episode on whatever platform you listen on. Tell your family and loved ones about the show. And don't forget to follow and engage with us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Therapy with My Mom. You can also email us at therapywithmymom at gmail.com with any topic suggestions or stories you might want to have shared on the show. Great job, Ryan. Thanks, Mom.